Hi, welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. Uh, this is episode 82, and our, we have a great guest, uh, Nick Homan. He's been on the podcast before. Uh, he's a 17-9 vaulter. He's coached pole vaulting uh, for a while at Central Methodist you know, University. Uh, he had a really, really uh, unfortunate turn of events right around when this coronavirus happened. Um, he started to feel numbness on his legs and his back. Um, had to go to the hospital around this time. Um, you're going to get to listen to his story about what's happened to him. And something that me and Nick kind of even talked about after uh, the podcast was over, and I, I just wanted to add this in the beginning, is that you know one of his biggest things that he was concerned about was not knowing whether he'd ever be able to pull vault again. And, you know, me and Nick were talking about it, and I even talk about this time with coronavirus, and it's like, look, I love pole vaulting. That's why I do the podcast. That's why I have a pole vaulting club, Apex Vaulting. Um, but, you know, right now I know some of us are concerned with, like, am I going to get, the th- get to do the things that I really want to do, you know, which is pole vault for a lot of us. And the thing is, like, Pole vault is something that you do. It's not you. And me and Nick were talking about it. Like you might have to, you know, use your talents, use your skills, or find a new way to enjoy yourself. And it may not be what you did think. Some people are never going to get to, you know, do their spring season of their senior year of high school or college. That's just not going to happen. But maybe you can start jumping at, you know, club meets when this is all over. Or maybe you can join a club or start a club even. You know, maybe some people that have a club right now, they might have to, you know, figure out a way to to go without the club, maybe start coaching at a high school. Um, I think we all have to keep an open mind and realize that you still have possibilities no matter what happens after this. You know, um, we have we all have things to be very grateful for, and you're going to hear you know things that Nick is grateful for. Um, so try to keep a positive attitude. Try to focus on what you can do, what you do have, what you are fortunate of, uh, instead of thinking about the negatives uh, during this time. Um, without further ado, uh, here's the Nick Homan podcast. All right. Uh, welcome everybody who's watching or listening to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, as always, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Today we have a great guest, uh, Nick Homan. He's been on the podcast before. Um, for those of you that don't know, Nick, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, you're a 17-9 vaulter. How did you get to that place? And then tell us about during this time with coronavirus, what has happened to you and kind of how you've been dealing with it and how maybe you know, whether it's been tougher on you because of coronavirus going on, or it's maybe in some ways been more of a positive. Right. Um, so my, my, my pole vault journey in itself was a, was like, I took a weird path. Um, well, I started in high school, like most people, um, jumped 14, like 14, six as a junior Then I didn't finish my senior year cause my mom got sick and there was just this whole big thing. Um, then I took three years off um, while my mom was sick. Um, just kind of worked and did some, some stuff there. Went back to school when just, I was... Just before you, you continue, just because uh, you say things so matter-of-factly, and I, yeah. I really think people need to understand, like, what an amazing person you are. I mean, like, how many people, like, would actually do that? You know, you took three years off because you had to take care of your mom. You had to, you know, make money and stuff like that. Like, how, how did you make it through that time period, you know? I just... 
it, it sucked at the time. It kind of sucked really bad. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I was I kind I kind of was just so kind of focused on hanging out and being with her and stuff that it it made it a lot easier. Me and my mom are just like super Real tight. Cool. Just um, yeah. So yeah, I did that. I got like I went to I went to EMT school um, and got and got that. I just did not like it at all. Just wasn't wasn't wow. for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, I did that. And, but yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't yeah. that hard for me to make the decision because it's it was just kind of a family first type, type deal. So yeah, yeah. Well, I I think for a lot of people though, it's like. And especially during this time period, you know, and we talked about this before I hit record for the podcast. Yeah. I think this is a tough time for everybody with coronavirus. You know, we're all dealing with tough choices right now. And right. I, I think the way you're explaining this is like sometimes like you just got to realize this is what you need to do now and you got to go do it, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like priorities are priorities. Like sometimes it really sucks. And sometimes like I did because I was, I was going to go to – Southeast Missouri State, so Division One school. So I was going to go there, okay. and then we switched it. So I was going to go to Lindenwood University, which at the time was an NAIA school. So I was like, okay. okay, we'll go there. I'll still be able to pole vault. It just just didn't work out with what was going on. So uh, yeah, like you said, it's just you kind of get to a point where it's like, this is what I got to do. I'll I'll go do it. So. so so you know you know what's something interesting that I think we could bring up because I I hear a lot of crazy stuff from so many different people during this time period with coronavirus. You know, we're we're supposed to be staying in our homes and look, I don't want to talk about the politics of it and what's going on and how we're gonna get through that. Uh that's not the job of pole vault podcast, but I think there's a lot of pole vault people out there that they're struggling right now. They're like, Oh my god, I can't vault or I can't train the way I want to train, like, oh my god, I'm gonna lose all my gains and I had you know I think there's a serious uh, a thing with mental health. And I know me and you have talked about mental health where sometimes, you know, people don't realize they're almost addicted to training. And, you know, what would you say to someone like that who's trying to cope during this time period? See, that's, that's tough because that's, I'm, just, I'm, that, I'm a lot of times I'm that guy where when I don't get to train, I just kind of go nuts. Um, it's just try, try to find some, some consistency in what you can do. Um, mm-hmm. So, there's always something you can do and, and obsessing over everything that you can't do isn't going to help you at all. Um, so like, especially with, with pole vault, like, yeah, I can't, we can't pole vault really right now unless you're one of the lucky few, but I mean, you can do mental reps, you can get a stubby, you can do walking drills, jogging drills. Like it's just, you know, there's little things you can do just to stay sane. You know, yeah, you, you could even just go on YouTube and watch old, you know, competitions and try to pick up some technical things that, that you see in those jumps. But like, I, that enough. idea of consistency is huge. And, and the reason I asked you, I mean, like, so you, you put your whole pole vault career on hold for three years, you know, mm-hmm. so you've kind of gone through this at one point in your life, you know? So yeah, I, I think for people who are struggling right now, it's like, try to find some way of consistency. What I actually have done, like, look, I, I could be going to my club every day right now if I want, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it's my club, no one will be there but I could be pole vaulting or lifting weights or whatever. And, and for the last bunch of years, you know, lifting weights has meant a lot to me. That's been kind of my almost therapy, you know, I would say, but I was kind of like, you know what, if everybody else has to go through this, I'm, I'm going to do at home workouts too. And what I've done is I, I've found my little routine, my couple exercises that I could do that are body weight or whatever. I've added a backpack with some books in it, you know, for my pistol squats. But like, like you said, finding that little routine that you could be like, okay, I'm doing something, you know, because right. I feel like oftentimes when, you know, we're talking mental health, people don't want to talk about like either the shame they feel or embarrassment, or even if you have body image stuff, 
But it's like, if you could find something that you can do every single day that can help you kind of like, okay, like I'm not a terrible person. I did a workout today, you know? And it gets really easy to get stuck in the, in the, the monotony of just, just sitting on the couch and pushing things. I'll do it in a little bit. I'll do it in a little bit. Uh, I'm the king of that. Like I like to, oh, I need to work out, but yeah, 30 more minutes. I'll go work out then. And then yeah, I'll- yeah. And then finally, Lindsay like beats the shit out of you and says, if you don't get it done soon, you're not doing it. (laughs) But it gets to a point. I mean, there are days where it gets to a point where it's like, oh, well, ah, it's too late. We'll just go to bed. I'll just go. I'll just go. I'll do something else tomorrow. Right. Right. That gets easy. And like, like me too, because I've had some depression things in the past. So when you, when you get stuck in that rut, you kind of get in your own head. That's, that's for me, that's when I get in my own head. When I have a day or two where I just skipped what I was doing and was just, kind of pushing everything aside, know when I have to do it and I don't do it. That's when I get in my own head. And that's, it's, an e- it's easy to get into, especially in this situation because most of us are stuck in a box in our little house. Yeah. Here, so. I, I mean, I, I feel like one of the huge things and I, and I feel very fortunate um, that, you know, we have things like zoom where we can have these video chats and stuff like that with people. Um, but when we're so isolated like this, you kind of, I've heard from many people, they're like, I, I, I didn't realize how important it was for me to see people every day, you know, and, and sure, maybe, maybe for the first week of this, it was like, Oh, it was nice. I got to like, just kick back and relax. But I think now people are realizing those things that they did every day, whatever their routine was, whether it was work, gym, you know, it it kind of, it almost keeps you sane. Right. That's why I say I, I never play video games and I've been playing video games, which is weird. So. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I have to admit to that too. <laughs> I like it's very rare. Like I, I, I don't. I literally did not have a gaming system since the PS2. You know, yeah. so that was like the last time I was playing video games. And now it's like playing video games again. You know, it's like because I have all these gaps of time. I don't know what to do with myself. Yep, that's how I've been. It's weird. Um. So so you get through that three years, right? Yep. Now you get to your, now that's when your pole vault career picks back up. Yeah. So, so I was actually, I was working at a call center and just absolutely just hated it. And it was, it was really weird. Um, I, I just woke up one morning and just decided to watch pole vault videos. I was like, Hey, I remember that was always cool. Yeah. And I don't know, like for like three days, I would just sit there at my little cubicle watching vault videos. And then eventually I was just like, dude, I can still do that. Um, yeah. So I just blasted out, not, not really blasted. I sent a few like recruiting letters out. Um, and I got a guy named Jason Scott. He was, um, he was a 17, nine guy as well. Actually he went to right. uh, um, Cedar, I think Cedar Falls or not Cedar Falls, uh, Cedar, Cedarville, Cedarville university. Okay. Um, he was an NAI national champion and he coached at Hannibal LaGrange. So um, okay. he kind of, that was like 30 minutes away from me. So I started driving up in there and he gave me a scholarship and then got me back into school and back vaulting again. So awesome. Spent a year there, spent three years, at a, another NAI school called Central Methodist University. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I kind of went there just following my girlfriend. Um, okay. So they didn't have a coach or polls or anything, but um, I kind of bought my polls as I went and yeah, and just kind of made things work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I feel like that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. I know you've talked to me about recruiting. You're like, oh my God, they went to that school without a coach. But here yeah. you are. You're like, you did the same thing. Right. And I feel like people don't understand with pole vault. And this is why, I, I don't know, uh, you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, right? 
Yeah. He he talks about like the early days of comedy that people were like so protective over their opportunities. Like, oh, that guy shouldn't be on a sitcom. I'm so much funnier, you know? And now they like kind of promote each other. And what I feel like needs to happen in the pulpit world, I feel like sometimes we, there could be a lot of animosity and people are like, oh, well, people should be coming to my club, not that club, or they should be going to this yeah. college and not that college. And it's like, we need to start promoting each other because just like you made that choice, like, okay, you and Lindsay, you know, you guys are going to go to this school together. And, you know, that that was more important. And like you said, family's a priority, you know. Right. So for a lot of people, it's like even if this might be the best pole vault situation ever, they might not be able to do that for other circumstances. Yeah. And if we promote pole vault more widespread, then we, we kind of give people the, the options and, hey, you can do it on your own or you can do it at this club or that club, you know. Right. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I was in a weird situation where, like, like that first year, like I said, where I was at Hannibal Lagrange was a red shirt. So mm-hmm. I, I really had no results from within the last four years. So there were coaches that knew who I was, but the so it was pretty much just all the local schools around where I was going to get a decent scholarship. So right, they'd seen me jump jump at the unattached meets and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's definitely one of the things I like about like the NAIA level is is a lot of the coaches kind of. They're not as as head bashy, at least in the pole vault part. Um, mm-hmm. Like I know there's a there's a couple small schools in in Nebraska where I'll talk to their coaches every now and then. And um, I, like I've had athletes that I was recruiting that that weren't sure that I was like, you know what, contact this guy because because he's yeah. closer home and, and things like that. So right, so that's that's been the thing that I've liked a lot about the pole vault coaching community in like the Midwest areas. Mm-hmm. For the most part, we're not we're not trying to like. We're not, we're not yeah we're not trying to backstab each other rip a recruit away it's like most of us like the pole vault enough that we just want a kid to go somewhere where they're going to get coached so right yeah i mean i i i for years at my club you know and this is one thing that i i've maybe talked about in other podcast episodes but it's like i feel like a lot of coaches out there you know they almost want to be able to say well hey uh see that kid i coached last year went d1 Whereas like at my club, like what I've kind of promoted is like, Hey, if you go to that school, they have a coach, there's polls, you'll yeah. actually get to compete. Like, I feel like too quick, like, especially in the Northeast, it's like, everybody's like, Oh my God, you can go to Penn state. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. But like Penn state's conference, if you're a guy, you're not jumping over 16 or you're a girl, you're not jumping over 13. Yeah. You're not, you're not even gonna get to go to meets. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I saw the same thing. I saw like, like literally yesterday, someone posted on Facebook, Oh, going to this big D one, whatever school is like a, it's like a 15, two kid or something like that. Like, yo, that's, that is awesome. But you go to an NAIA school and you might make a national meet in a year or two. Like right. even D three, D two, like, you know, you could be a contributor to contributor to your team. And if you go somewhere with a solid coach, it doesn't matter. You can jump just as high at, a, at an NAI school as you did at a D one school. It's just right. Well, th- think of it almost like uh, hitting in baseball, right? It's like, dude, if the fastest pitch you can hit is 80 and you go somewhere where all you're going to see is 90 plus, you're never going to get a hit. Wouldn't you rather play somewhere where you can actually develop your talent? And I feel like so many people, so many people in the pole vault community, like I'm sure you you've heard it. And I know you have certain dreams and goals and we're going to get to that in a minute, but like, you know, it's like, it's almost like Olympics or bust. Like the right. only reason our sport should exist is the Olympics. And yep. if you're not jumping Olympic heights, forget about it. But it's like, oh my God, our sport is so much fun and people oh, really? can get so much out of it. I think it's a great total body workout. 
I think there's a great sense of community and a great culture to pole vault people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like pole vaulters meet. It's like right away. It's like you have instant friendship, you know, right. and yeah. we have so much of that to give out. I mean, I don't think our sport is so much about just the Olympics because that only represents such a small percentage mm-hmm. of the actual people that are involved in the sport. Well, yeah. And it, it sometimes it bothers me when like, like a 16 foot guy doesn't realize like, dude, you're good. Like, yeah. 15 feet, dude, that, that takes a lot. That's not an easy thing to do, man. No. Like, even my guy, like, I have a couple guys on my team right now that are, like, 15, low 15 guys. It's like, you know, not to be a jerk, bro, but when I look at you, like, you're kind of short, you know, you're a muscular dude, like, but it's like, I'm, you, you fling your body 15 feet in the air, that's pretty damn impressive. You're not very fast, you're kind of short, but. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Yeah, you. And but people are like, but this Olympic guy jumps 20. It's like, <laughs> jump 15? No. Yeah, it's like, dude, do you, do you ever play pickup basketball? I don't know why. You see this guy, LeBron James? He did like a 360 dunk. Can you do that? Like, why would you waste your time playing basketball for? Right. <laughs> Realize. Like, and, and sometimes we forget to give people the, the credit, like what you're saying. You have an, this athlete that is not maybe, you know, the LeBron James of pole vault. But he's squeezed out that 15 feet from his body, which, yeah. you know, again, I, I always talk about the belt system in martial arts and how awesome yeah. an idea that is. And if we had a belt system in Pobol, you know, listen, I think there would be a lot of Olympians that maybe wouldn't have a black belt. And there right. might be a lot of people that are not even close to sniffing the Olympics and they have black belts because they've mastered skill. Now, right. obviously, we can get both together. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say it again. Um, Sidorova, she's definitely got a black belt, dude. Everything from the pole carry to, to everything off the ground, everything looks so good with her jump. Yeah. She's my favorite pole vaulter to watch just, and every jumps, it's like the exact same thing again. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. She's a ninja. She's a ninja. That's it. You know, she's just, yeah. Uh, okay. So, (laughs) well, and, and it's almost like, I mean, obviously she's fast, right? Everybody at her level who's jumping those heights, they're fast, but it's like, she doesn't pop out as like some physical phenom to you. Oh, no, it's yeah. Like, and yet, normal. you know? Yeah. yeah. She's one of the more normal, like in normal sense, not an elite athlete. Her, mm-hmm. Like when you watch, look at the runway, she's just, she's just someone you'd see walking around. Like it's not, she's not ripped up or anything. Like Sandy Morse is like a beast. And like, yeah. Yeah. Or like an Alicia Newman or a Jen Sure. Like, come on, man. Those, right. You know, they're, they're ridiculous. But, um, so all right, so so you you get you get through college, right? Um, you jumped seventeen nine post collegiately, right? Yeah, my my first year out. Yeah, I jumped I jumped five thirty in college, so seventeen four and a half. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, so first year out, I I just stayed at my my alma mater and just kept coaching. Okay. Um, yeah. I was pretty much the coach the whole time I was there anyway. Right. Um, yeah. I I mean I remember visiting and stuff. It, yeah. I mean I, I think it was awesome setup. You know. Right. So yeah, we have, we get, we have like, we have a runway, we get to set up indoors on, in our turf area and stuff. So, so that's pretty cool setup. Um, yeah, I jumped 17, nine, my first year out of college. Um, I think the next year, so that was 2017. Then the next year I jumped like 5:30 a couple times. And then that's when I met you right? Uh, and started. And then last year was just kind of me trying to fix things. Figure so, stuff out. I actually, it was okay, but I feel like I learned a lot last year. So last year was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like, you know, what's tough is the longer you go post-collegiate, I feel like what becomes tough is like, one, you have life, you know, like life gets in the way. 
Um, and then two for you, you know, I, I think, you know, you're learning a, a system and I think you, you've shown things from short approach that it's like, Oh my God, this is going to be really good. But then w- tell us what ended up happening this year. Cause I, I remember for me, it was like, I saw the picture of you in the hospital and it was right around when coronavirus started happening. I almost thought, Oh my God, does he have coronavirus? But what, right. what ended up happening? Yeah. So, and uh, so it was early, it was just last month, early March, um, I was at a national meet with, with some of my athletes and it was the Wednesday before. So we were, he was warming up. I always vault with him at the national meets just yeah, yeah. because for the hell of it. Um, so we were just warming up and just, just started feeling some weakness in my legs. Um, didn't think a lot of it, but then my vision kind of tunneled in really bad on me. So I could only yeah. see like directly in front of my, of what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so the vision cleared up after like 30 minutes. I quit vaulting, obviously. Um, <laughs> You're like, I took 10 more jumps. No big deal. <laughs> um, but then I just, I mean, I just kind of took the day, like took it as just weird, but maybe I too too much pre-workout in the morning or something. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Next day I, I woke up. I was okay. I did like a workout in the hotel, just kind of, I mean, it was super easy, super lightweight. So I didn't really think much of it. Like I felt tired, but nothing crazy. Um, then that Friday I woke up with really bad back pain. Um, it was like my lats, like someone was just grabbing the back of my lats and just, just wouldn't let go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I just blamed it on the hotel bed and stuff like that. Um, so it was just, it was all stuff I was able to just blame on. I'm just tired and we're traveling this, this, that. And then Sunday I got home and I was struggling to walk up the stairs like at our house. Yeah. And then Monday my stomach and lower back went completely numb. Um, so then that Tuesday, I don't know. Tuesday was just a long day. Wednesday we, we ended up going to the ER and then they, I mean, they checked me in. I went to what do you call it? The urgent care first. And they were just, they had no, they just had no idea what that could yeah. say or whatever. Um, so we went to, we went to the ER and it was, I mean, the actual doctor saw us like, I mean, we were there for a little while, but 10 minutes after she saw, she came back like, yeah, you're, we're going to move you in here 20 minutes later. Yeah. You're going to have to get admitted. Like, like the numbness, they freaked out. They just had no idea what was going on. Um, so the first three days I spent in the hospital, um, they just MRI'd my back, found a bunch of irregularities in my thoracic spine, um, found a mass in my spinal cord. And so they did like a spinal tap where they take fluid out. Um, a whole bunch of other scans, things like that. Um, at first they thought I had MS. Yeah. Um, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. So, so that's what we were thinking. Um, then they decided it wasn't MS and then they thought it was lymphoma. Um, so for, for about a day, we thought it was lymphoma. Then they thought it was something called Devix disease, which is, it's like a form of MS. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole time, like I, I put, there's a video on Instagram, like, like the strength that I had was like, like usually yeah. I, I'm a pretty poppy guy. Like I'm, I do a lot of box jumps. I'm pretty proud of my jumping. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So I have like a 40 inch vertical and I was able to jump maybe six inches off the ground. Um, I couldn't come out of the bottom of a squat, just, just zero strength at all. Yeah. Uh, so I think I was, I was in the hospital around four days. Then they transferred me to, it's called Barnes Jewish. Um, it's just a, like one of your vultures goes to wash you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the watch you doctors. Um, yeah. So we were there. They did pretty much all the same tests that the other hospital did because they're just like, 
They're like, you know, we know it sucks, but our stuff's better. So we're doing it again. Oh my um, yeah. Like, like straight up. They're just like, all right, we're just better. <laughs> um, and so it's crazy. So they found it's called, it's called sarcoidosis is what I have. Um, but I specifically have neurosarcoidosis, which, um, which pretty much means sarcoidosis is, is mostly just in the lymph nodes of your lungs. Um, so, and I'm just unlucky and have it outside of just my lungs. And then I'm even unlucky still, um, because I have it in my spinal cord. So it's like less than 1% of 5% of people have it in their spinal cord. Like I do. Um, so and it's, so, it, so what does that mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's basically, it's not an immune disease. So it, like your, your immune system just kind of attacks itself or its own body. Basically. Um, so, but for me with that, with that mass in my, in my spine, it's just, it's blocking signals basically mm-hmm. from, from going to where they need to go. So that's why like I have the numbness and the, and the weakness and things like that. So, so it's weird. Like even now, like, cause I'll lift a little bit and stuff now. Um, but it's like, I feel pretty normal. And then so I'll go down to the bottom of a squat with like a hundred pounds on. And it's still on the way down. I feel strong. I feel normal. As soon as I have to actually activate and get up, it's like, yeah. just, it just shuts down. like I, can, I can tell the strength that it's there. It just won't work. So I just, I just can't really do a lot. Um, so yeah, so it's bizarre. I'm on really high dose steroids. Um, every, every day I take those in the morning and then I'm getting injections like, or infusions, I guess. So it's, it's chemo is basically the treatment that I'm getting. So oh wow. the, the first four, every four weeks I go in. So I just go into like a big infusion center and behind the curtain and sit there and get my drugs. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I do that every four weeks for the first few. So I have two more like that or three more like that. And then every six weeks for at least another year. And then we just kind of reevaluate where I'm at. Yeah. Dude, I, how did you make it through that time period? Like when they didn't know what was going on, you know what I mean? Like wh- what was going through your head? I mean, I, I kind of just, when I didn't know, I didn't know. So I didn't, I tried not to worry. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it sucked being in the hospital um, and it was definitely really scary. Uh, but I think I felt worse for, for like my mom and my girlfriend and stuff because they were there. Yeah. And I think more than anything, I shouldn't let them know worry. So I, right. So I was really just trying to hang out and just, just saying, Hey, when, when we know they'll tell us like until then. Let's, yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't panic until I know I have to panic basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I listen, I, I, I think again, you know, like we were talking about before the podcast and we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, you know, it's like, there's a lot of people going through a, a tough time right now with coronavirus and for various reasons, maybe they have a, a loved one that got coronavirus mm-hmm. or passed away or, you know, just the fact that their normal life is, is disruptive or disrupted. And it's like, we don't know what's going to happen next. And it's real easy. I know I've done it. You know, it's like me and my brother at night start talking and it's like, we go through every single conspiracy theory that's possible and, you know, what's going on and, you know, are we going to be stuck in the house forever? You know, like, you know, and it's like, you could freak yourself out and, and kind of cause, uh, cause undue stress on yourself, you know? Right. Um, so when they finally figured it out, you know, I mean, like, so, you know, you're saying you got to go to these treatments for a year. Like what are they, you know, like, what are they saying? What, what's, what, what happens next? Like, can, will you be able to do the things that you want to do? Like what, how does that look? 
So we think so. Um, it's kind of the crazy thing with it being so rare is they don't, they don't really know. Um, so especially in the spine from the research that like I've done, my girlfriend's done, um, from the questions we've asked in the spine, there's probably less than five ever recorded cases of this. Um, so they really, so really we don't, don't totally know. Um, I'm definitely gaining strength back slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like I'm, unless all of a sudden stuff just stops, um, they're confident and I'm confident that within a few months, I mean, they really don't know time frame, but, um, that I should be able to at least be close to where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so pole vaulting there, they want me to hold off a little bit longer. Um, mm-hmm. but that's just more the worry of me landing on my back a bunch right now before, yeah, yeah. before that mass is totally figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of one of the, one of the crazier things though, like, cause I, like you say, just like people, things just like changing and things like that. Like, like this whole indoor season, not like not even thinking about it. Cause it, it was kind of like, I felt like it was a good year, but at the same time, I would like, just wasn't jumping high at meets. Um, so I, I kind of found out last Friday that that could have been because of the sarcoidosis. Like, like it was affecting me sooner and things like that. Well, I, I was going to say when, you know, when, first of all, when we communicated about what was going on and I was thinking back to the indoor season, I'm like, Dude, it's still that first meet from a short run. Like, I think you did five lefts and you jumped yeah. like 16.9. I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to, like, bomb 18, no problem, you know? Yeah. And then it was like, you know, you'd send me the videos from meets. And you remember how many times I would tell you, I'm like, dude, it looks like you got heavy legs. Like, you're just not moving. And yeah. and I think you, like, I would do the same. I know Kurt Dunn, who I've coached, would do the same. There's just a lot of us that are just kind of grinders that we just always like, ah, oh, well, you know, maybe I was tired. I'm doing a lot. And, and one of the things I wanted to even ask you, did, have they talked to you about diet at all? Like, is there any way diet can help or hurt what's going on? Like, yeah, like diet wise, it's not a whole lot. Just don't eat crappy. Basically try to avoid foods that cause inflammation. Um, Cause yeah. that's a part of it is it just causes a lot of internal inflammation too. Um, all right. Other than that, nothing, nothing real specific. Um, but, but yeah, it was crazy. Cause like, like you said, from like five lefts or usually even from six lefts, I could, I could jump pretty well and, and for a pretty decent amount of time. But as soon as I pushed out some days, six, anything further, it was like, I maybe had three to five good jumps in me and my legs were done. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was just kind of those things. And it's weird. Um, I asked a little bit too, cause it's kind of been a situation my whole career where I've had energy level stuff. Yeah. Uh, or at least the last few years. Um, and they've said that, that it could have been like early stages on for the last couple of years. Cause I've, I've had a lot of similar things with obviously people not, not having it in their spine, but other athletes that have had sarcoidosis that have, um, they have things like really severe headaches, um, and, and stuff like that, which is, which was like a real big thing for me. And then they'd only have like those energy, not spikes, but like energy lulls and like big competitions, things like that. Cause the ones I found have been mostly soccer players um, okay. mostly from other countries, but like big competitions. So for me, it would be like a meet where I, I, I've had a lot of meets where I just feel phenomenal. And then one jump later, I'm just turned off. My It's like the energy still there, but my legs are just shut off. So, right. It's, it's weird to think back and wonder how much it's affected me the last few years. Um, but 
I'm, I don't know. I guess we'll just see, we'll just see where where it ends up. It's just it's it's so, it's such a mystery right now. Like we just don't know a lot. Yeah. No. I look. I I think that there's. I think there's a lot of athletes out there that when looking for people who are listening to this and they're not sure. I mean, you train like an animal. Like you're you're putting everything out there, you know. And I think for a lot of people who who really push the limits, you know you never know that that's where it's like little things, uh, you know, might flare up like even vitamin deficiencies, right? Like you don't realize you're just not getting enough iron or you're not getting enough zinc or whatever. And, and now all of a sudden that's creeping up and causing you issues in your training. Right. Um, I, I feel like it's something that, you know, some people never feel throughout their whole life. If you're not an athlete or you don't really train very seriously, you know, it's kind of being like the average, you know, daily driver car, you know, yeah. it's like you put, you know, regular in it, you put super, it doesn't matter. It's going to run the same, but it's like when you're training as an athlete, it's like, you're really pushing the limits of your body a lot of times. And so now it's like, you know, some, something can pop up and, and the stuff about inflammation. I mean, like, I think that's, that's always huge. I think people should try to stay away from things that cause inflammation for just regular health, you know? Yeah. Lots of processed food, just kind of low on, I still eat red meat, but just not going crazy on red meat, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And even um, like the last couple of years you, we talked about, cause like last year I posted a bunch about, I was changing my diet up, things like that. And I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I've experimented with different, different training styles and switched up my training schedule and so much. So there's, there's just so many little factors that, that, that can mess up so many little things. And sometimes no matter how much help you got or how much you change or how much research you do, you just, it's never going to be perfect. So right. it's like, you just got to keep trying. Like sometimes you're, you're going to get screwed. Like I got, I mean, you know, sometimes you're just going to have some weird disease, you know, but, but like, okay, cool. So you just work with what you got and, and see where you can go with it. So. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, like I, I still, I just think it's amazing how positive you are through all this. And, and I'm, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you are, you know, uh, and obviously I, I hope you know anything that you need, just hit me up. And even if it's just a phone call, you know, um, yeah. I, won't, I won't tell anybody how often I'm <laughs> crying. Right. <Yeah>. But, <laughs> but you know, it's like, I, I just, I think that's, that's a tough thing. And like right now for people, it's like, you gotta, you gotta try to stay positive and focus on what you can do and not what you're not able to do right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 stuff. So many people are so consumed with the sad part of right now. It's like, yeah, but I mean, the sky's usually pretty nice out. Like the the Earth's kind of healing itself. That's kind of cool. Like, yeah. Focus on what you can do. What can be positive. Like some of it kind isn't isn't the greatest. But when when all you look at are like sad memes and stuff like that online, that that kind of consumes you and makes everything a little bit worse. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I mean, look, I, I think partly even like, you know, doing these podcasts, I'm hoping that one, people are enjoying them and getting something out of them. But I know even for me, you know, every time I do a podcast with someone, I feel better. Even on Friday, uh, you know, with people that were in the local area, kind of, um, I did like a pole vault happy hour, you know what I mean? Obviously virtually we didn't in real life, meet up. <laughs> but it was like, it was nice. Like for, for, you know, Friday afternoon, like we all kind of bullshitted and talked about a bunch of different stuff and it was, it was nice. And I think that, yeah, focus on that kind of stuff, just like w- what we're saying about workouts, right? It's like, don't, don't get upset cause you can't deadlift, you know, 400 pounds right now focus on, Hey, get a little bit consistent on these body weight things. You know, I know for me, for example, I am 
I know you do a lot of stuff that's crazy, like body weight wise and jumps and all that stuff. But for me, I don't, I don't really do a lot of body weight stuff. So even though I don't like pistol squats, I, you know what? I've gotten a lot better at pistol squats, you know, which I'm sure when I do get to lift weights, um, it's going to pay dividends, you know? And I think also emotionally, it's like people need to focus on what they can do right now. Try to reconnect with people. You have more time, right? Try to reconnect with people that you haven't talked to as much as you'd like, you know? And that's what I've even told because, because my vaulters, they're, they're meatheads. Like they're kind of like mm-hmm. me. They're just, it's just kind of, just kind of how we are. Um, but they, they complain a lot about not having, not being able to lift things like that. And I'm like, yeah, but I'll tell you, your running form could be a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff you can do, you know, like. Right. Yeah. Let's go do this thing. So. Yeah. Maybe just focus on those running drills, you know, maybe just do some, some hill sprints next to your house or something, yeah. you know. There's always there's always something that that you you can do, uh, right. you know. Um, I know too, uh, you know. Obviously, like what you're going through, there's a cost, right? right. Um, I know you you and you know your girlfriend Lindsay put a GoFundMe page out there. I mean, can you tell people about it and and how they if they want to donate, how they can they reach out and donate? Yeah, there's a there's a link in my my Instagram. There's one on my. Facebook, which my name's just Nicholas Homan, and then my Instagram's that tattooed Walter. Um, but yeah, it's so I don't know. It's 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 weird because I it's it's weird to like ask people for money, but um, but yeah, it's been it's been pretty stressful. Um, I, for money, I'm a personal trainer, which obviously I can't do right now. All the gyms are closed. Um, yeah. But but even at that, with with my immune system the way it is, uh, even if the gyms open back up, I can't go back to work. I can't work in that environment because my immune system's so suppressed right now. Um, so, so yeah, so it's just been, it's definitely been a little bit of a burden. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for yeah, I, have my, see, I mean, friend, but. this is the, this is the Instagram page. Do you see it clearly on your end? Yeah. Uh, can pull it back just a bit. Maybe. Uh, no, not still. Yeah. I feel like so I, I mean, I'll post the, the link to it and everything on, on, on Instagram and stuff. But yeah, so I, and, and even just, you don't have to just, just good vibes, things like that. It, it helps. Like it's, it's. It's like the money definitely helps, obviously, because I needed to survive. Yeah, uh, but it's it's so cool, just even just the comments, things like that, having people like like just knowing people there actually care, or like want to know how I'm doing, stuff like that is is pretty cool. Yeah, that, I, I I think that that's super important. I, I feel people don't realize, you know, um, you know, just being there for people any way you can. Like you said, a comment is is huge. A DM, you know. Right. If, if it's someone that you talk to, just call them up. And, you know, that's why for people who are listening to this, you know, that maybe are feeling lonely right now, just reach out to people, call right. people. They're going to be happy that you called. No one's going to look at their phone and be like, Oh, I mean, right. you're sitting at home, not doing anything. Right. Right. And, and so it's like, we, we've got to kind of do that for each other and be there for each other as much as we can. Sure. Yeah. Maybe not everybody can give, you know, give some money out, but they, they can, like you said, they can just comment and be like, Hey man, like, you know, sorry to hear what you're going through. You know, anything I could do, you know, I'm here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That little stuff's cool. Like I, even, even me, I was never a person who thought that really mattered, but like when you're in the situation, it's pretty cool to see. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a hundred percent. I mean, I know even for me, and listen, I think I'm very fortunate. Like we talked about before the podcast, like I don't really spend much money. I'm very, you know, smart with my money. Um, I'm not starving. I, you know, like I, depending on how many months this goes, I think my business will be fine, you know. 
Um, and I have plans for if it goes too long, how, how to salvage things. Um, but like, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate, but still I've gotten so many people that have contacted me, whether they're athletes, parents, whatever, they're like, Hey, like if you need anything, you know, reach out to us. And that, that makes you feel good. You know, that, that, you know, there's people there trying to help you, you know? Um, and so, so that helps a lot. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Um, so what, so for you, um, going forward now, like what, when, when do you think with what you're dealing with, when will you be able to, when will you feel comfortable to go out in public and maybe even train at a gym or something like that? That I'm, I'm going to take that. I'm going to wait till my doctor say that's cool. So, okay. um, like, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm lucky I have a home gym so I can, I can. Yeah, I know you got a sweet setup. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky there, but, um. So, so I don't know. It's it's just kind of weird. Uh, once the corona stuff dies down, because the big thing is just the coronaviruses. Mm-hmm. If, if I get that thing, I'm, it's going to be full bore. So yeah. I think once, once that dies down, I'll be a lot more able to to be out and about, just because that big risk is gone. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, we're just kind of taking every precaution possible right now, I guess. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I hope when the podcast helps, um, I think definitely like what we've talked about and what you've mentioned, you know, if people can hear what you're going through, it'll hopefully help them and they'll better deal with what they're going on, uh, going through right yeah. now. Um, so, you know, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, t- tell everybody one more time how, how they can find you on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Facebook, just Nicholas Homan, H-O-M-A-N. Um, Instagram, that underscore tattooed underscore Walter. And then, awesome. That's pretty much it. I don't have a Twitter or anything like that. Not that. All right, well, for, for everybody that's listening and watching, thank you. Um, please subscribe. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, this will be on YouTube just like the last one. It'll also be on Apple, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Um, you can always reach us at apexvaulting at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions. Um, and follow us on uh, Instagram at the Real Apex Vaulting, and we're Apex Vaulting on Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, um, and TikTok. So thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>